Right on. So we start this new series called Summer Playlist, and the idea is this. Um, we experienced this yesterday. We drove for three hours. Uh, my, I'm not going to say it because I'll get in trouble, um, but we, we go, <laughs> I need to say it now, right? Yeah. So can I say it? Can I tell it? What, can I say what it, your grandma's party and how it's annual? I think I can. I don't know. I might get in trouble for this. I've said it to other people, so if I say it privately, I should say it publicly. But Jess just has the sweetest grandma in the whole world, and she's so fun, and they just have a really large family, and she turned 90 yesterday. But for like the last five years, I'm not kidding you, she has said, hey, everybody, we need to do a summer gathering. It's going to be my last year here. We all need to come together. It's going to be my last one. But we've been doing that for like five years in a row now. It's, we've just, just, like, she's playing us, obviously, at 90, punking us all. And so we all, like, yeah, we better go there. It's her last one, fifth year in a row. Like, I'm going to make a T-shirt next year. Like, this is the sixth last grandma's party. But anyway, um, so it was a three-hour drive. And, uh, and so this happened. You know, you're driving, you're listening to music. And it's funny how certain songs, the minute they come on, it takes you to a place, right? You go right there. You just think about this thing, or it puts you in this mindset or whatever. And, uh, you know, there's things we say, and the kind of idea of this is you're in summer and listen to music and just those different feels, if you will. There's things in God that, like, the moment you plug those in, they can take you to a place. They can have an immediate impact. They can make a, a right-away difference. And everything in God does that. But I think there's central truths, there's core foundations that it's like, hey, if you do this, like, when you leave here, it's immediately going to take you to a place and make a difference. And so I want to look at some of those more practical. We, we probably know what they are, uh, but just look at them again in a way that it's like, yeah, this we need to plug in. And so today specifically, I want to talk about the Word of God, our Bible, like simply reading the Bible and its power in our life. The scripture talks about it being like a double-edged sword, just, just sharper than uh, the Bible being sharper than any two-edged sword. Just it's incredible power that it has. Uh, I always think about things like this. There's stuff that we know are really important, and we need to have them as a big part of our life. And one of the ways that you know that it's really important and you understand it's really powerful truth is do you try to put that in your kid's life right when they come into this world? And we do that with the Bible, right? As soon as you have a little one, maybe someone gives them their first Bible. But then the next thing you do is right away you go out and you try to find a kid's devotional and you start trying to get them to read the scripture and have this understanding. Why? Because they got to get it. This is a foundation. Uh, even the song, the B-I-B-L-E, that's the book for me. I stand alone on the word of God. That's it. Not a self-help book, not anything else. Not, it's like, this is what I stand on, God's word, his truth. Not what the talk show is saying, not what, I don't even know what they are. Soap or the, I don't even know what it is. The chew, is that a thing? But you know what I'm saying? That stuff changes. It moves with the wind. It shifts. Whatever's in, whatever's popular, but nothing is true and, and proven year after year. It's not a trend. It's the truth, the Word of God. And, and it's what we stand alone on. It's everything. Amen? There, uh, in the Jewish culture, um, the Word of God was such a big deal to them. Uh, the ways they wrote it out, the way they spoke of it, the way they memorized it. Uh, they actually had the first five books of the Bible memorized. It was called the Torah. But they also wore it on their prayer shawls. And it had these tassels to it, and it reminded them of the Torah. When they saw it uh, on their life, as they moved, it would, it would essentially you know, move or flutter, shudder, whatever. And they would see it, and they would remember Torah, the Bible, 
everything I stand on, I stand alone up. Of course, at that time, it's it's called the Torah. It's the it's the books of the Bible. It's, it's not the Bible. It's not like they're like, oh, we had the, this is the message version Torah tassel, <laughs> okay? But they saw this, and here's what they actually said about it. They believed that the Torah meant life. It was everything. It was life. This was life, the Torah. They stood alone on what they had, the Holy Scripture. And so when David went and the scripture says that it cut, he cut the corner. Remember he found him and he went and he cut the corner. He could have killed him, but he cut the corner of his robe. What he actually took was that tassel and it was symbolic of saying, hey, I could have killed you, took your life, but essentially in a way by cutting that tassel, I still symbolically took your life because they thought of scripture as its life. There is no other way to look at the Bible other than this is our way of life. And so I believe it needs to be the same thing for us. See, we all want to be a part of something great. Everybody doesn't lay, you don't lay awake at night like dreaming of being average and being normal. You want to be a part of something great. You want to be a part of something big. Many of us uh, desire to be used by God or to make a difference, or we say things like we want to change the world, or I want to be a history maker. But if you want to be that kind of person, you need to understand that God is the God of order. He's a very much God of order. Now he changes things up often where he heals one way this way and does one thing this way. And there's definitely mystery to him, but God has got it together. Amen. He knows what he's doing. He sees the beginning and the end. And so when everything is put in place, it's very much in order. And so he created the world. He created us. He spoke his word. And so what I'm trying to say, if God is a God of order, then we need to understand his order. Meaning we have to be people that pursue God in a way that says, God, I'm coming to you, not just to make a check on a chore list or something like that. God, I'm, I'm coming to you and to your word and to places of worship because I'm trying to understand who you are and your nature and your character, your order. Well, nothing helps us do that more than his word, the will of God, the Bible. Amen. And so we have to have a desire for it. Um, I thought it was interesting. I was, uh, we're in our Facebook group for our subdivision, and there's all these, of course, complaints about fireworks and stuff. And uh, I was talking to a neighbor of mine, and he just kind of does this thing where he says, it's ridiculous that we're talking about it, he said, because it's the 4th of July, and it's fireworks. And he basically literally was like, in America. <laughs> you know, like, but he was just giving me like, it's what we do. You know, it's just this what we do thing. And um. And I was like, it's so funny that like in so many different places of our life, it's what we do, right? We have this like this and we do this and we don't even like defend or like even have to feel like we justify or whatever. It's because it's, that's just it's what we do. It's like our rights, what we do. But when it comes to the things of God, we like put an excuse on or we make a reason for, or we don't do this or we don't. Do this. I just wish we would get to a place where it's like, you know what? It's what we do. Christianity, you know, like we read the word, we reach people, we disciple people, we serve, we give. It's what we do. Don't tell me what I can't, I mean, and, um, and, and so I just, I want us to get to a place, even in these central truths, the playlist we plug in, it's like, this is just who we are at the core. And it's the Bible. It's, we stand alone on the word of God. Amen. I thought about it this way. You know, what happens in Christianity and this kind of myth that we have is I couldn't just go get a baseball 
and, and uh, find a field and get like two other people and do a couple elements of baseball and say that we're playing baseball. Like you, you, couldn't, you couldn't go without the bat. You couldn't go without a glove. You couldn't go out without the order of the game of baseball and say, oh, we, you know, we just, we're running a baseball league. It, it wouldn't be baseball. And it's so true and common in Christianity that we're like, hey, we're going to take a little bit of this way that God called us to live. And we're going to do a little bit of this. And then, and then we're going to say, I'm living the Christian lifestyle. It's like, no, you're not. You can't take little pieces of something. And I like a little bit of this. And I like a bit, a little bit of that. I'm going to put a little bit of this. And then say, I'm living a lifestyle of a Christ follower. Amen. So when we go, ah, oh, it's not that big of a deal that I don't read God's word, that it's not that important to me because I still go to church on Sunday or every once in a while I listen to Christian radio. You need it all to live the Christian lifestyle. God's saying like, hey, all of these things matter. This is how you live successfully in my kingdom is when you put it all together. Amen? So we can't just know a little bit about it and call it, uh, Hebrews begins to talk about this, Hebrews eleven six. It says, but without faith, is it impossible to please him? And we like the faith ideal, okay? We'll just leave that there. We, we love that idea. It's like, oh, God's called me to great faith, and I want to use great faith. And then where we kind of get thrown off on faith is when we actually have to use great faith. And it's like, oh, we freak out. But we love that. Oh, God called me to great faith. God called me to great faith. But Romans 10, 17 says this. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. So if you want to be a great faith person, do you know what you need to be? You need to be a great word of God hearer. God use me. I want to be, I want a great faith. God use me. I hope you have a great desire to be somebody who desires the word of God. Reading the word. Uh, asking God to speak to you because I believe God still speaks. So be a hearer of the words of God. Amen. I would say it like this. If you're not into hearing the word of God, then you're not going to be able to please God. I'm just saying what the scripture said, but just a different way. If you're not into hearing the word of God, whether read or preached or studied in a book or however like that, if you're not into, you say, ah, it's just not a part of my walk with God that's important to me. Well, the scripture says faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. And the scripture says it's impossible to please God without faith. It's impossible to please God without faith, and faith comes by hearing the word of God. They all have to be together. So when we get studies from Barna Research Group that says one of the least things Christians do is read the Bible or read scripture, we got a huge problem. Because if we're not reading scripture, then we're not hearing the word. And if we're not hearing the word, our faith isn't being built. If our faith isn't being built, we can't please God. I'm getting you on 4th of July weekend. Come on, somebody. <laughs> But this is like encouraging to us. Hey, do you want great faith? Awesome. God gave you a way to do it. Hear the word. Guess what God did? He gave us the word. We don't have to burn incense and go to some crazy idol statue and do it all. God gave us everything we need to live the way he called us to live. Amen. If we're not going to read the word during the week, I would say you're not set up to succeed. During the week in our daily life, we have to have God's word programmed in or you're not going to be able to succeed. If God says that being able to please him or have success in him comes through faith and faith comes through hearing the word, then you got to have the word programmed into your daily life to be able to have success. Amen. 
First John actually says this, First John 5, I won't get into it, but it says that when we pray, we have to pray according to God's word and he'll answer us, or God's will. Well, God's word, God's will, it's all found in the, his scripture. The way to live, the, the will of God, all of his character, all of his thing, that's all in the will of, so to get our prayers answered, we have to be word people, amen? Scripture says all these great things like every place that your sole of your foot will tread, I have given to you. The scripture says no man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. It says things like, so I will be with you. I will not leave you or forsake you. It says only be strong and very courageous that you may prosper wherever you go. How do we do all of those things? Well, Joshua 1.8 says this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night that you may observe it and do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. So the scripture is saying this, all of those things, like how do we make all of those things happen? All of those promises that the scripture gave us. And I could go on and on about all the promises of God that he has for your life. A bunch of them I just read. But what do we do? We take all of those things, we meditate on them day or night. We keep them in our mouth. The word meditate here is, is to like a, how a cow chews cud. Just re-read, just chews it over and over, just keeps meditating, turning it over and over and over. That's how you meditate on something. So it's saying find truths, find the words of God, find scripture, and put those in your mouth and keep them there. Amen. Keep saying them, keep saying them. Uh, many of us were like, well, I don't know if I could remember all those scriptures. I don't know if I could memorize all that stuff. Listen. I could say three words of a song and you would know a thousand, right? I mean, we could start that game right now, a movie lyrics or whatever. Like you'd be surprised how much you meditate on that isn't the word of God. And I'm not opposed to those things. We love movies. I use movie lines all the time. I'm not opposed to that. But I'm just saying it's very possible you were created in a way that you were capable of retaining and meditating the words of God. Amen. I love that the scripture says, don't let it depart from your mouth. Well, what it means is this. You read it, you speak it, you use your words for it. Another way is, is speaking it. You're literally just confessing the scriptures. You can take a scripture and speak it and say it over a situation. Just keep reminding yourselves verbally. Another way is what we do here on a Sunday. You sing it. You take the words of God and you sing those out over your life. Why? Because it builds your faith. The hearing of it builds your faith. Amen? There's a really cool way that this lives out. Um, I'll even say it. So like for me, uh, often uh, I'll have different little sayings that I will literally pray. If you've ever prayed with me, but in our prayer meeting, uh, there's just certain statements that I'll pray over. And so I'll say, just like the book of Isaiah says, by your stripes, I'll pray that scripture into the prayer. Why? Because it's taking that meditated word building the faith of the atmosphere, right? We're hearing it and it grows our faith every Sunday. Psalm 2.8, scripture says, ask of me, I will give you the nations. So I'll get up here in the morning and I'll pray and I'll just be up in my thing, get it right. It says, ask of me and I'll give you the nations. And so I just say, God, by faith, I pray that you just increase this church, increase the people as they come in here. Lord, let them leave with more than what they have. Amen. It's just, it's just using what we've meditated on speaking it, hearing it, and growing by it. Uh, uh, there's this great story. Many of you have probably read this book, but it's uh, by uh, Robert Kiyosaki, uh, the rich dad, poor dad author. I might not be saying his last name right, but 
he, he tells the story of when his book first came out, national bestseller, all this stuff, and um, people would come to his uh, speaking engagements. He'd be all over the place. And uh, they would come up to him and they would say, hey, um, you know, you're so successful and you're doing all this kind of stuff and we just hear all this great stuff. Could you tell us, like, just, just tell us a secret or just tell us something about wealth? Or t-? And he would be like, well, did you, did, have you read my book? Did you buy the book? And they're like, well, no, actually, I didn't buy the book, but I've heard of you, and I came to this thing. Will you tell me? And he's like, next. Right? You know what I'm trying to say? <laughs> he's saying, like, I-, I already gave you nuggets. I already gave you secrets. I already gave you this. I wrote a book about it and gave it to you. And then you're coming to me asking me questions that are already in the book. I wonder how many times God's like, hey, you keep coming to me about this, and I- did, you- did you buy my book yet? Did you read the book? Next person. I know that's harsh and that's not God's nature and, and, I'm not, and I'm not actually saying that that's how God operates. But I wonder how many times he could actually be like, what about the book? What about the, it's in the book. Remember when I put it in the book? The thing that you're asking, I put in the book. We should pay attention to the book. Amen? So faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God, hearing it, and it builds your faith and it releases things for you. Jesus gives this awesome example about the way that he ministered. Uh, You can see it all throughout the New Testament, but you'll find in Matthew chapter 9, verse 35. Scripture says, Then Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and then healing every sickness and every disease among the people. Teaching preaching, healing. Jesus actually had a pattern in the way that he went into the cities and it worked like this. Teaching the information about how the kingdom of God works and what he's, so he'd come and say, I've, I've brought this. Here's the information. Here's the teaching about the way that it works. And then he would preach. Preaching is inspirational. It's proclaiming the result or the fruit or the inspiration of the preaching of the result of the information. So I'm going to teach you. And so a parable, he would preach of this, or there'd be a story told of this. And so the the preaching, the inspiration of it was the proclaiming of the fruit of the information, the teaching. It was like, oh, look at this. And then the result of those things, the hearing of the word, inspired faith through the preaching, result was then healing. He walked in teaching, preaching, miracles. Teaching, preaching, healing. Teaching, preaching, healing. Why is that important? It's important because for us, we have to get into the word. We we have to get in and get the information. Amen. And it inspires the other things. The example is like this, and it's kind of a bad example. But let's say your need was a garden. You just want to have you want to have a garden. You want the result of the garden. The need is the garden. And so you're like, I need a garden. And you've been around other people's gardens. You've been inspired by, and we all actually do this, right? So you go to the flower store and you're just so inspired by the store. The way that they put it all together looks so pretty and you get home and the kids run it over with a three-wheeler and it just doesn't look as inspiring as it does at the thing. Uh, But you go to the thing and you see the guard and you're inspired, you've been preached, you see the result of it, you've been preached by the store, what it is and what it can be and what it is, and you're really inspired. And the need is the garden because it produces thing and you need it for that area of the, the yard. And so essentially the need, let's say, is the healing and the garden is the thing you're inspired and, and you've seen it and you've seen the result of it in other people's life. 
but it does you no good to have those two things, right? They're, they're, they're there until you get the information about how to develop the garden. You're never going to have the success on the other side without the information about a healthy garden because you don't know when to plant it or how to cultivate it or how to weed it or when things grow on it and what to put on it, all these kinds of things. And so for us, like we may have great need and we may be inspired by seeing other people living out the ways of God, but we still have to go back to the beginning of the word of God and get the information about how to get the other. So Jesus came in teaching preaching, built up faith for, resulted in healing and the breakthrough and the miracle. Amen. Are you with me? And so it's important. He just went all throughout that. I love this in Acts chapter four. You can see this lived out even with Paul. Uh, It said, and they were preaching the gospel there, preaching. And in Lystria, a man came without strength in his feet, was sitting a cripple from his mother's womb who had never walked. This man heard Paul speaking, observing him intently and seeing that he had faith to be healed. Verse 10, he said with a loud voice, stand up straight on your feet and he leaped and walked. So here's a guy from birth who has never been healed. And the scripture says that as Paul is preaching, that this is just the time that the story starts. Uh, I'm sure that there was teaching, but they're saying that he noticed a guy who hit a point where he went from, got the information, got the inspiration of the preaching, and was ready to be healed. Amen? Literally lived out here. And so now listen, that guy wasn't ready to be healed until what? Until he heard the word of God being spoke. His faith was built through the hearing of the word of God. What am I trying to say? Many of us have been crippled daily, struggling in the same thing. Cripple, cripple from the beginning of time in areas of our life. You just feel like you've struggled with it your whole life. What you need to do is you need to get into your word and get information, get connected in a group, talk to somebody, get inspired, preach yourself up in the word, and you'll see your healing. You'll be able to rise up and walk like this person. Amen? The word of God is so important. Faith then comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. The word hearing here is a Greek Greek verb, which means it's a continuous action word. So you could say it like this. So faith comes by hearing and continuing to hear the word of God. Like we don't arrive. You grew up in church and you feel like you got the scriptures nailed and you can pretty much interpret or share or or, or give an answer in scripture. You don't sit down there. It's a continued hearing of the word of God. I'll close with this. Um, Many of us will do that you'll be stuck on something and you're like, oh, I'm just at this place and you'll get into the word and you'll start saying that word or you'll type that word or you'll hang that word up somewhere in your house and then it becomes a continuing hearing over your life. You've been with me on that, right? Amen, you've done that. And all of a sudden it's like, you could have read it one time and been like, well, I'm waiting for it to work. Read it one time and inspired me one day. Now I'm waiting for it to work. It's a continuing hearing. You gotta have it before you, Amen. Uh, back in the Jewish culture, they would take honey and uh, they would hold it, withhold it from their kids. They, and then there would be a time where uh, they were at the right age, they would bring it to them and they would put the honey on their, on their lips or on their tongue and they would say, may the words of God be like honey to your mouth. Like the sweetest thing you could speak or utter or share or sing or even write. It's still a, it's a, it's a spoken word just in a different way. Like when, when you hear the words of God, when you read scripture, may it be the sweetest thing you say in a day. And I think culture has made us make it about like the, 
the content, like how much you need to read and how much you want to take a drop of a scripture and put that on your tongue and enjoy it. Amen. Don't, don't make it a big quantity thing. Just, just take a quality scripture that you need working in your life and put a drop of that on your tongue and just meditate on it and speak it and believe it and let your faith be built so that your healing will come. Amen. I love Psalm 119 verse 11. I got a few different translations. It says it this way. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. The result of hiding God's word in our heart is that we don't sin. Everybody's like, yeah, I know that. But I love the different ways that it's said in different translations. It says, I have stored up your word. This is the English standard version. I have stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. The new American standard Bible says, your word I have treasured in my heart that I might not sin against you. Meaning, all that I've read, all that I've studied, all that I have, like it's, it's kept very precious to me. It's kept very close and protected to me. Therefore, the result is I'm not going to sin. I'm not going to fall away. I'm not going to mess up. It's the B-I-B-L-E. It's what I stand alone on. Stand alone on this thing because it's the most precious thing. I need to treasure it and store it up and hide it in my heart. Amen? A couple things I want to share uh, before I let you go. Just a couple of really good resources. Um, ladies, uh, this is called She Reads Truth. I know we talk about it a lot as a church. I believe you get this, is it monthly, this one? Or quarterly or something like that? I just know I don't see Jess for a day when it comes in the mail. She hides out. Uh, so this right here is really cool. And it's called She Reads Truth. You can look it up online, but it's a scripture and it's in a really cool way. So you can sit down, journal, do whatever you ladies do in your books with your sticky notes and pencils. Uh, but She Reads Truth is so impactful. They have a He Reads Truth as well. Uh, but this is a really, really, really cool resource. It's just a great way for you to hear the word and continue to hear the word and, and just let your faith be built up for God, what God wants to do in your life. So check out She Reads Truth. Another one, if you haven't connected with it, is YouVersion Bible app. It's the number one Bible app. You, or it's the, number one, it's the number one app on app stores. And so if you, that little icon is what you're looking for if you search it in your stores. Another phenomenal one is the Bible app. It's made by the same people. But that, that Bible app is like just, it's, it's amazing. It's the Bible stories. It has little games in it. There's things that kids do to follow along as they're reading the stories. Just awesome. So the Bible app for kids and the Bible app. Get both of those on your devices. The Bible app is so simple, but it has tons of stuff to it. So if you're like, oh, I don't know, an app, I'm not good at that stuff. It's very basic super easy to use. You can subscribe, get notifications, set it up the way that you want to use it. But there's also great authors in there, Max Lucado, uh, just different people in there that have created devotions that you can read for free. Uh, and so if you're in here, you're like, man, I, I need to hear the word and build myself up for it. That's an incredible resource. And um, scripture says this, the most important prayer that we can pray, meaning like from the inward being, our biggest desire is that we need to desire Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Well, how can we fight for and contend for the kingdom to be here on earth if we don't know what it looks like? He gave us the word and the playbook to be like, hey, do this, run these plays, live this way, because it brings thy kingdom to earth. Amen.